In a breakout session at IT Nation Explorer, an attendee commented, you say to avoid things like, you make me so happy or you make me so angry because it gives power to the other person. Yet you also say to be assertive and tell the other person that their behavior makes you feel a certain way. Aren't those in conflict with each other? That's a great question. And in fact, I usually feel a sense of conflict when I'm talking about this, so I'm really glad he asked the question. It's true that we need to own our emotions and not let other people define us. At the same time, the words and or actions of others can certainly affect our emotions. For example, when others insult us, it's normal to react negatively, perhaps feeling hurt or angry. Dealing with this in a healthy manner involves what we say to ourselves and what we say to the other person. When someone does or says something that elicits a negative emotion, we don't want their comment to become part of what we believe about ourselves. Similarly, we don't want it to affect our emotional state in the moment. That means that the language we use internally needs to reaffirm our positive self-image. In other words, we don't allow the other person to define us. However, we can also establish standards for how others are to treat us. Using the previous example, when someone says something insulting to us, we can call them on their specific comment. We can let them know how it makes us feel and explain the consequences of their actions, especially in terms of continuing the relationship. For example, you could say, Jared, when you say that, it makes me feel disrespected and devalued. I value our relationship, but if that's going to continue, I'm not going to be able to work with you. I hope we can continue working together. Notice in the example how nothing was said about Jared's character nor his personality. There was no value judgment. The comment dealt strictly with Jared's specific behavior. It then explained specific consequences of the behavior continuing, and it concluded with a positive wish to continue working together. Notice there are two audiences for the same issue. In the first case, the audience is yourself. Recognize your emotions and be intentional about choosing your reactions when someone says or does something with the potential to make you feel bad. Recognize that each of us has different emotional responses to different situations. You can make a choice to manage your personal state of mind to remain calm and in a positive emotional state. In the second case, the audience is the person who says something to you that makes you feel bad. By dealing with the other person directly, calmly, and assertively, without being aggressive or insulting, you will probably be successful in changing their behavior toward you. I say probably because we humans are unpredictable creatures. Additionally, when you use high emotional intelligence skills to manage the problem with the other person, you may also be helping others with the ability to understand how to treat you more respectfully. You're establishing standards for how you expect to be treated. In her book, Power Phrases, author Meryl Runyon cautions us to say what you mean, mean what you say, and don't be mean when you say it. When we have an emotional experience with another person, it's easy to let our human emotions control our response and to say things we might regret later. That's why you should be intentional about calling attention to specific behaviors by the other person and not criticizing their personality nor their character. Remember, when it's necessary to correct someone, do so in private and never in front of other people. My friend Todd was a brilliant engineer. He designed highly sophisticated systems for the broadcasting industry. He also had the ability to understand, get along with, and influence people through his use of emotional intelligence techniques. He paid close attention to nuance such as body language, 
facial expression, and tone of voice. When combined with his high IQ and engineering skills, his emotional intelligence skills allowed him to become a high-level executive in a large broadcasting company. He eventually owned his own radio station. In his work on emotional intelligence, author Daniel Goleman explains how your IQ allows you to perform the tasks of your job. He goes on to explain that it is your EIQ, your emotional intelligence quotient, that is a better predictor of your long-term career success. In information systems and technology, many of us get caught up in the fairly predictable world of coding and system configuration. But we struggle with the murky world of humans and their basic emotions. The most successful people in IT or nearly any other field are those who demonstrate high levels of competence combined with high levels of charisma. They understand both the technical aspects of their work as well as the importance of working successfully with the people around them. Emotional intelligence involves understanding your own emotions and managing them successfully. It also involves responding appropriately to the emotions of other people, even or especially when they're behaving poorly. Being emotionally intelligent means first, you're aware of your emotions and the emotions of others. Second, it means that you're intentional about choosing positive behaviors that yield a positive outcome for you and the important people in your life. If you like this post, please leave a comment and share it with your friends. If you don't like it, please leave a comment and tell me what I could do better. Want more? Check out our on-demand emotional intelligence training at CompassionateGeek.com. I'm Don Crawley. Tell me what you think.